I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Wanner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Brignall from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK and you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Welcome on to this edition of Run with Coach Parry. My name is Brad Brown. It's awesome to have you with us once again. It is uh, time to share another one of our fly-on-the-wall coaching calls, almost like an over-the-shoulder look uh, at what we do here at coachparry.com. And I'm super excited uh, for our next guest to join us. He's actually a returning guest. We spoke to him probably just over a year ago here on the podcast, and he's made some incredible gains uh, over the last 12 months, and we wanted to share some of those with you today, but also help him get even faster. Uh, I'm talking about Jeffrey Abrams. I'll put the link to the first podcast uh, in the show notes to this one. So if you don't know much about Jeffrey, you can go back and listen to that one uh, and get his sort of backstory. But uh, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how Jeffrey went from a 315 marathoner to a 253 marathoner in just over a year. I mean, that is phenomenal. We'll put a plan together uh, for Jeffrey to help him target a silver medal at this year's Comrades Marathon. Uh, we'll look at the lessons that Jeffrey took out of his Comrades 2019, where he missed a silver medal, and uh, some of the things that he's learnt from that experience. Uh, we'll look at how to improve your running form and uh, approach when running up and downhill. We'll take a look at how to even your even out your body's uh, running biomechanics and imbalances. Uh, we'll talk about heart rate and what spikes in your heart rate mean. Is it interference or should it be something that you worried about? And we'll also discover the two secrets to Jeffrey's running improvements uh, as he's gotten older. He's uh, heading towards 50. He's 47 at the moment and literally uh, in the last month ran a 253 marathon, which is phenomenal. So uh, if you're getting on like I am uh, and you're wanting to know how to get faster as you get older, this is one podcast you do not want to miss, okay? Something else that you don't want to miss before we get into that call with the coach and Jeffrey is our next Comrades Marathon training seminar. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks as we record this. You can register for it right now if you head over to coachparry.com forward slash webinar. The link is in the show notes to this as well on the podcast play you're listening to. You can just click through and make sure uh, that you are registered. We're going to have uh, Lindsay as well as our resident strength and conditioning coach, Shona Hendricks, on that webinar as well, talking about the importance of strength training, particularly for the Comrades Marathon downrun. Uh, and don't go anywhere either. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to share another success story uh, on the podcast from Vikram Varma, uh, who's had a great experience with us over at coachparry.com. Uh, and don't forget, if you'd like to run as well as we know you can, all you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash Join, grab yourself a training program. You get access to our entire team of coaches as a dietitian as well as a community of runners just like you uh, that'll keep you motivated and hold you accountable. That website to get to once again is coachparry.com forward slash join. Good morning, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, brilliant to have you back on another coaching call. It's probably been close to a year since you were on the last one, and uh, a lot has happened. So good morning. How are you? Good morning, Lindsay, and happy Valentine to you. I'm um, ah, great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is obviously uh, pre-recorded, so by the time people hear about this, they will probably have long forgotten Valentine's Day, but thank you. <laughs> 
right. So let's uh, talk a little bit about your, your when, you, when you came onto the onto your coaching call around about this time last year. What was your PB for a marathon? My PB for a marathon it was a uh, a three fifteen. And I started the program in 2018, September. Cool. And, and now, uh, as you sit there in your chair, give us your age and your new, your new PB. Okay. My age is uh, 47.10. So I'm wow. turning 48 in two months' time on the 9th of April, just before those. And... Marathon repeats 2.50, 10 seconds. Yeah, so Jeff, I'm going to ask you just to turn your camera off because we're having some some uh, sound okay. issues there, but I'm quickly just going to going to summarize what you said for for the benefit of everyone listening, um, and that is that your 5K PB is now sitting at 17.34, your 10K at 36.38, your half marathon at 81 minutes. Marathon at 2.53. So that is down from 3.15 to 2.53. Jeff is now finishing regularly on podiums in the veteran category. And he will be shortly be um, standing on the top step, I'm sure, on a number of um, of uh, marathon and, and – oh, sorry, of, of, of master's podiums. Um, right. So, Jeff, what is your main goal? for this year the main goal is still elusive silver comrades that i'm looking for uh that is the that's the cherry on top because i've i have all the pbs except the 56 intuitions but that is it's, it's not a major because i believe that i i can still run a a 415 Easy, comfortable in two oceans. So that will be a new PB for, for two, ocean, two oceans itself, as I've ran my 2018 two oceans at 423. So, yeah, um, my my main goal is, is achieving comrades. And the time that I set for myself for comrades, I know it's quite steep. It's a, it's a 7, 10, 10. Cool. So... I'll work that out, maybe if we can discuss that, because I, I had a look at the, the splits based from 10, 21, 32, and so on. Whether will I be able to do that? And that's as far as up to 56, uh, for me to be able to run a 7, 10, 10, I, I, I should be averaging at 446. So maybe if you can guide me on that, whether is it, is it doable? And I, I know what I'm, I'm. How? What was my mistake on on, on Comrades 2019? So maybe rectifying that uh, as I've started doing that uh, during training as well. So yeah, that that is my focus. So the simple answer to your question is that absolutely. So if we take your marathon time, which incidentally your PB was set at altitude, and that. That is significant because, um, you know, when we drop down to sea level for comrades, we will be at an advantage there. But based on your current marathon time, um, you are in line for a 7.12 at comrades. And I think that with a little bit um, 
more training between now and then, factoring in the mm-hmm. the altitude and having a discussion now around what mistakes you think you made at Comrades. I think that 710 is definitely worth going for. And I, I think the most important thing with, with going for that 710 is that because it's so close to where your potential is, it's not you're not risking a massive blow. Of course, you know, comrades being comrades, you may not quite hit your target. Um, you may come in at 1750 and 715 or 720, but that'll be okay because your primary objective will be achieved and that is a silver medal. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable with us now discussing how to get you to that 710. So maybe that's a, a good place for us to start. And that is, Last year, going into Comrades, you were a marginal sub three. Or had had you at that stage? I don't think you'd run your sub three. You'd run you ran your sub first sub three at Cape Town Marathon, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. Cool. So uh, going in going into to- Comrades, your 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 marathon time was. Going to my my, my marathon time was a three eight. Uh, that was the best in uh, January in Johnson Crane. Cool. And yeah, it was a tough one uh, with double hamstring, calf muscle pulled. And uh, yeah, so it, it was a struggle. And when yeah. you went, when you went into comrades, um, what was your plan to go through halfway? You know, Linz, I think there, I, I went into Comrades, I thought I had a, I had a plan. I mean, I got the, I got the unbend, the timing unbend. It's, yes. it, it didn't work for me. I, I couldn't understand it because it's backwards. So I know I had a, a 450 pacing plan in place to average that, to say at least by 60, uh, 60k, I shouldn't be worse off than 450. But I started consecutively too slow. By the time I wanted to pick up, my leg couldn't just go. I could barely do a 505 average pace. And I knew then at, at about 40k that I'm not going to make silver. And I, I just ran to finish. And I knew that. If I get a sub 8.30, I'll be okay. So, and then I came back from, from comrades with a, with a plan that if I want to average a, a certain pace for a race, I start the first 3K with that average being achieved. From there on, I can start on a negative split, just come down to the pace and then build up from there. For example, uh, it will be, for example, if I want to run a, a, a four-minute per K pace, as I was planning in Cape Town in September, I started at 3.50 for the first 3K. And then from there, I just hoovered between 4.02 and four, uh, four minutes per K, which at the end of the day, I got, I think it's a 4.04 average overall. So it's been working for me for the last, I would say, 30, 30 weeks or so. So I've been achieving that. So I'm just perfecting that or trying to perfect that going to comrades. So look, I think, I think you are, your strategy in the race is obviously sound. Um, 
And I think your best chance of running well um, at a race like Comrades is being as consistent as possible in terms of pacing from the beginning to the end. Um, yes. that, that is, so from that point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And I think closer to the time, we do need to just discuss exactly what that means because it's very difficult to keep that in mind at comrades because that means you're going to kind of be thinking kilometer after kilometer after kilometer after kilometer. And by, by 60 k, you're going to be mentally exhausted from working that out mm. all the time. So we just, you work out the route and you will know that there, that it's not so much about the physical pacing in terms of, okay, your goal might be to run close to 450 per kilometer as the average over the whole race. That would mean yes. that on the down run, when you leave Peter Maritzburg, or the, the race will start and the first two kilometers will be faster than that because you're downhill. The next yes. two kilometers will be slower than that because it's an uphill, but by four kilometers, you'll be close to the average. Then we will hit, um, we'll hit poly shorts and you'll go down poly shorts, down little polys, and those will be much quicker. But then from there till 25 Ks, and that's a really long stretch of about 15 or 16 Ks, you will then be quite a lot slower. But it's the, it'll be the 450 effort. And that's the important thing yeah. is, 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 is the effort that you use. So, yeah, I mean, if we look at, at your, your race and your race splits last year, you did in fact go through halfway very close to what you needed to for, for um, a silver. But I think at that stage, you weren't quite the runner that you are now. And so, yes, expecting, expecting a negative split and having had the hamstring issues and not having done the complete training. I think last year, you just didn't quite have the right mix of strength, fitness and speed. Whereas this Ooh. year, this year you've got more than enough speed. You've got the, you've got the experience. Um, you aren't, yeah. you aren't over racing. So you're picking your races carefully and, and nailing them. So I think at, at comrades race day, your pacing will be spot on. Mentally you'll be ready. This is the only race that matters for you in 2020. Yeah. So I'm, I'm predicting that you will finish between 7.10 and 7.15. All right. Any other, any other questions you've got around the training preparation, anything that's been on your mind um, before? Yeah. Let, 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 yeah. Let, let me lead you. And then I'll, I'll, I do have a question for you, but that's what I want to, I want to end off with. Okay. There's just one thing I want to ask. It's it's in, in connection with the uphill downhill running technique. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of downhill. I'll take uphill any given day uh, because of my cycling background. But I found out that I tend to struggle a bit going downhill. Uh, you know, I'm now trying to avoid limiting my speed going downhill as well as not to overexert myself instead of hitting my, my calves and my, uh, my, my quads going downhill. But I tend to approach uphills in, in four segments. For example, when I approach a, an uphill, if I'm, I'm doing a 440 going up to uh, uh, uphill, 
I reduce the pace to say about 455, even to five, the first 25 min, 25% of the hill. Now approaching halfway of the hill, you, you literally feel it in your lungs that you're getting more air in. And I tend to go much faster, not the 440, but say 445, 450. Obviously, the 75% to the 100% of the hill, it flattens out, you plateau again, you go back to your 440 even slightly faster. So that has been the approach. But if when you're on the incline and it drops tremendously, that's where my, my challenge comes in. You know, I run as if I'm, I'm sitting. But I just want to hear from you the technique because... You know, I, I try to watch videos of people running downhill because I tend to learn more on my heels yeah. than on my toes. Yeah. So the, the best technique for running downhill is to shorten your stride considerably and increase the frequency of your stride. So even okay. if you do that, even if you do land a little bit on your heels, you greatly reduce those, those impact forces. Now, if it's a very steep hill, it's so difficult not to lean back. And in fact, I would, I would go as far as say that it's, it's not possible. Otherwise, all that, if you lean forward into a steep hill, you will, your legs will start spinning out of control and you will be forced to take really big strides. And then that, that is what really hammers your legs. On a more gradual hill, you can take much smaller strides. You can lean into the hill and you can land more on the, on the forefoot. And the, those much smaller strides will control the speed. So it will, okay. it will slow you down. But the very important thing is that those very short, quicker strides mean that you're getting much less impact force through the, the, the quads in particular, but also the glutes. And that is the best way to run downhill. Obviously, if you're running in a race, like a shorter event race, you would still follow that technique, but you would then open your stride and be yeah. able to push yourself down. But when you're doing marathons, in particular ultras, really it's about using the, the downhill to run that little bit quicker, but it's about making sure that you don't push down that hill and hammer your quad. So you just shorten up that stride, increase the frequency and float down the hill and Look, me and you both, we, uh, uh, my legs get really sore when I run downhill. And this, this that I've just told you now makes a, a big difference for me. Yeah, okay. The, the other question, Lindsay, it's in the balancing of the left and the right. I'm, I'm using the coming heart rate monitor strip, which picks uh, vertical oscillation, left and right balancing. Mm -hmm. I... I've watched myself, I asked a buddy of mine to record me when I was doing the progression run, which is, by the way, a new refresh on the, on the revised yes. program for silver. And I, I had a look at how I run when I'm running fast. I tend to tilt on the right, and I pick that up that, for example, I'll be, say, 40, 51% to the right and 49 to the left. What can one do to try to get as close as possible in running balanced? So one of, one of the, the things that we have to consider is that to safely run on the road, 
we have to run on one side of the road. So typically yeah. that means we're on one shoulder or the other. So that's the one thing that'll impact because roads are designed um, to be slightly convex so that the water runs off the road and doesn't pull on the road. So that does mean that when we're running into traffic, our inside leg is hitting the ground earlier than our, than our outside leg is hitting the ground. And that in turn means that there's going to be a difference between left and right bounce. So the first thing is yeah. obviously where possible running on, on very quiet roads where you can almost run in the middle of the road. Or if there's a nice shoulder, um, particularly like a gravel shoulder, that sometimes helps. But we, yes. all have, we all have slight differences and those differences are often linked to difference in strength between left and right and or difference between flexibility in, in left and right. So strength okay. training, strength training, and in particular doing um, single leg type of exercises like single leg squats, split squats, and step ups. Those are the type okay. of exercises that help to strengthen enough, strengthen to, to correct that balance. And then there are more extreme causes of this which um, may or may not be present but if you have slight a slight curvature of the spine or if you have mm. one hip that's uh, slightly in slight torsion because you've got a very tight hip flexor for example those will sometimes yes. also cause that that left and, and right imbalance but one of the ways that you can also combat the left and right balance in terms of um the road is again, if you're on a safer stretch of road, you can run out and back on the same side of the road. So in other words, you don't cross over to run into oncoming traffic, but okay. you need to be very confident that it's a very quiet stretch of road. It's a yeah, safe yeah. stretch of road because that isn't that, you know, particularly in South Africa, that is not a safe strategy for fixing that imbalance. Okay. Right. Maybe the, the last one will be from me. It's the, Erratic uh, change in, in the heart rate. Assuming that one uses the, 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 the chest strap, mm -hmm. uh, normally on, on training runs, easy and long runs, I try to, to run between zone two and three. Uh, unless it's a recovery run, I, I just got one just to run on zone one. I was yes. amazed. But on, on, on tempo runs, progression runs, and time trials, you, you tend to be on zone four and five. I mean, you, 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 you tilt to the red zone. But you find those spikes, like, like, like yesterday uh, when I was doing the progression run. Uh, I think my max is at 3.30. I struggled to, to get to 3.30. I uh, was hovering around 3.33, 3.35. But I found one spike where my heart rate went to 180, where supposedly my max is supposed to be 172. But one is not too concerned about those. But when it starts to happen on easy runs, what could be the cause? Assuming that the, the battery of the heart rate monitor is fine, that we are not using the risk-based heart rate. What could it, could fatigue yeah. play a role? So look, this is a great question. And I'm going to give you an um, answer which will answer your question in particular, but just because our heart rate is such a, a, a um, common question, I'm, I just want to answer it, it in full. So the first thing is because of what type of run you are, because you are so aerobically strong, 
your maximum heart rate probably isn't in the 170. So at age, an age-predicted heart rate max for someone like you really isn't much use. Um, and the only way we'll truly know your maximum heart rate is if we do something like five times three-minute maximal efforts or if we stuck you on a treadmill and did one minute increments um, of pace until exhaustion where you fell off the back of the, the treadmill. But so, so importantly, your, your max probably isn't in the 170s and it's highly likely to be in the, in the low to mid 180s would be more appropriate, I think, for someone of your, your ability. Um, although the heart rate strap is much more accurate and much more sensitive to your changes, it's, it's way better than, than wrist heart rate, it still comes with some limitations. So when you get, when you get, situations where your max is completely at odds with the average so so in an interval or when you're doing your your progression run would be a good example if it's steadily climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and then there's this one outlier and then it comes back and it's climbing that's probably interference okay and you've either gone under an, a, a telephone line electricity box um uh, cell phone tower. So all, there's all sorts of things that can cause some very short-term interference. And because we're moving, it, it's interfere and it's gone. Okay. Um, if it's climbing steadily, 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 but it's still climbing with the increase in intensity. And then when you get to that 330, which is very fast, by the way, um, <laughs> that's the same point as when you're running at your fastest it's also where your heart rate is at its highest. Then that's yes. probably a fairly accurate reflection of what your heart was doing at that point in time. On the easy runs, it's even more likely that you've run past something that is interfering, especially okay. if it's something that happens and it's there for a couple of seconds and then it settles down and, and goes normally, uh, goes normal. There are examples um, where some people, when they start exercising, their heart rate goes up very high and stays there. But as you continue the exercise, it comes down. Now, those are things that are potentially an issue. And if that sort of thing is happening, then we do encourage people to go and see a doctor, have your heart checked out, okay. make sure that there isn't something funny happening there. But yes, if it's these random little spikes along the way, almost certainly interference. And what you probably find if you go back and look, because our easy runs tend to be on the same routes, you go back yes. and look, you'll probably find that they're spiking at very similar places along the, the, the route. Okay. Right. Okay. No, that's cool. Awesome. Uh, I think that's from, from us. That will be it. You said you had a question for me. Yeah. So I want you to tell the listeners um, one or two pieces of advice that you feel have gotten you to make such a big improvement um, in your late running career? One, it's, it's consistency. As much as you sometimes you don't feel like you have to go for a run, you have to do it because, and you listen to your body. Uh, week in, week out, you don't have to run fast. You can alternate to say the first week of the month, if you have a pace range of 4.30 to 5.10. This week, you can say, I'm going to club 4.30s. 
The next week it might be 445s, and the following week it might be 450. The other one will be much slower than 450. You don't have to raise your training every time. That you have to monitor. Uh, secondly, it's sleep, recovery. I mean, if you know you have a long run on a Saturday, especially those ones that we're getting into now, the 445, three hours. I mean, on a Friday, it's a rest day. Try to get to bed as much early as possible. You know, and after the long runs as well, if you can get away by not taking your wife to the mall, you know, you give you your credit card <laughs> and you stay home and just sleep. Because I found out that sleep, you recover much quicker. It's, it's amazing what the body does to itself. I mean, those are the two things for me that I, I, I don't compromise on consistency in training and my rest days and recovery. So I, I think it, it works best for me. Jeff, that is amazing advice. Um, people probably won't believe me, but I did not prompt Jeffrey at all with those answers. But if he ever decides to retire from his day job, we will have a, a job for him at Coach Perry. That is absolutely oh, brilliant. Gold advice. Um, Jeffrey, thanks for joining us on this call. You are a very active member in our forums. Um, and uh, we look forward to interacting with you there. And I really can't wait to see you walking around with a silver medal around your neck at Comrades. Good luck with Thank the training you, and speak soon. Thank you. Thank you. I much appreciate it, Lindsay. How cool is that? 2.53, man alive, that is fast. Jeffrey, we are so proud of you. You have no idea. Well done, mate. Someone else that we are extremely proud of and something we love doing in the Coach Parry Online Training Club is celebrating success. And we've been able to help thousands of runners uh, over the last few years achieve their goals. Uh, and Vikram Varma is one of them. Uh, he said, first full marathon mission accomplished. Hi, Coach. First off, thanks to you for the amazing training plan and running advice. I was training for my first full marathon and you suggested that I follow the sub four hour 30 training plan trust me the race was brutally tough I did my LSDs and they really helped the strength training too I feel was beneficial however managed in 433 I'm super excited to have nailed my first full marathon in style and have also qualified for comrades 2020 woohoo Vikram uh, he says I'm so happy and excited thank you to everyone at Coach Parry for all the support during my training Vikram you're most welcome and 433 for a debut marathon hats off to you you. That is superb. Well done. You've done the work. And you know what? Uh, with experience, and anyone who's run multiple marathons will tell you uh, the last sort of 8 to 10 Ks are always tough. But with experience, the more marathons you run, uh, the better you get at managing that. So 433 targeting a 430 uh, to get that close to your goal first time out is superb. So well done to you. And don't forget, if you'd like to be part of one of the most interactive running communities online, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. We've got athletes uh, here in South Africa. We've got in Australia, the UK, uh, right across Europe, North America, South America, the works. Come and join us. All you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash join.